The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Support from this podcast comes from our friends over at Wicked Memories. Ladies, do you like candles? Do you not like buying them at ridiculous prices? Guys, are you sick of your apartment and your room smelling like feet all the time and want it to be a little bit more presentable for when your parents or ladies come over? This place has it all. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda. Guys, I went to view their products. It's a combination of two stores, Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted. And their products Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, Their Taste the Rainbow Artisan Soap, I've been using at my house. And some of the candles that they give smell so much like the actual product. Their Honeysuckle one is delicious. So go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday that you can only take advantage of there. Mention my name over there as well, and they'll be able to give some more support to this podcast. And who knows, they might even throw you a discount or two. Just mention me. Wink, wink. Check them out. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda, New York. You could also view their website and on their Facebook page has the link to everything you could possibly need. Again, that is Wicked Memories, which is a combination of Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted, 408 Oliver Street, North Tonawanda. Make your life smell nice. Welcome to episode 25 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. I have one of my favorite people in the studio today. I say that every week, but I really mean it as far as uh, everything goes with this person. We've known each other for almost 10 years now or so. It's getting up there. It's it's almost a decade. <laughs> yeah, almost a decade. We met like 2013 or yeah. so, I think. Um, she is a stage manager, extraordinaire. Um, yes. Uh, but she is one of my closest friends. Uh, we've spent so much time together and we'll have so much to catch up on through this episode because it's been so long since we've seen each other. Ladies and gentlemen, Brittany Waisaki for episode 25. Hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> I'm so nice happy you're intro. here. Thank you. That's very I, I try to like start everything off on a high note a so that high energy. Right. Exactly. I like try that. and really, really hype everything up and things. Yeah. A decade and you're probably the person I've worked with the most and ever. Probably. Oh, probably. I'm probably not. But like just because I've been in the same spot and you've come through. I'm, you're probably the person I have the most number of shows. With. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we, you know, we did almost ten shows together at Toy yeah. when we were over there, and then we did one All or two between like Revolve and oh, anything at Buff State. We like, yeah, 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 just been working, just creating and doing doing work. I know. Well, we met each other kind of at. A, a kind of a weird crossroads in yeah. college where we were trying to like figure out where we fell within theater and what yeah. we were doing. And it was the right time for 
us to meet, especially with a couple other people around that time. Yeah, too. you were my first. You were in my first cast, the first show I stage managed at Buff State by myself, like as the head SM, and I had a great team. But it was like the first time being on one of the main stage shows, right? And you were just in that. You had a great role, but you were just like in the big major ensemble of that yep. cast, and like yep. that show has its. Legacy, <laughs> but that was, me, that and, was me and Ricky got into it a little bit on here. Yeah. But it was it was a show where it, not to put people on blast, but to put people on blast. Um, one of the leads decided just they were done acting, mentally clocked out, they, and just checked out. Like what three four weeks into the yeah, rehearsal you process know that, that he said that to me personally, like in a before a rehearsal. Yeah, and I just had to stomach it. And that's what you do, and you just, you just as the SM, you're just, okay, well, I'll just facilitate whatever job, whatever effort you are going to put forward. Right, but exactly. But that show was already so tech-heavy, and uh, props, and costumes. Yeah, there and was just, a, like, lot a lot in the show. But I'm so happy that, like, from, because, like, I have such vivid memories of, like, smoke smoking props with you, and mm-hmm. all sorts of drama backstage, but I'm glad that our friendship has persisted. <laughs> has endured. I mean, if we survive that, we could probably do most other things, I feel like. That being my first stage managing show at at Buff State, I just, they just throw you in. And so it was definitely a good learning curve and I'm glad that I did it. But yeah, you look back just being like, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) None of that went the way it was supposed to. And I feel like with stage managing, especially with like the really good ones, you learn from every experience and just kind of like you have to have the starting point, but then you automatically learn, okay, this is what not to do, or this is what to do, or this is what makes yeah. things more efficient. And I try. I try to build and, like, add things to my toolbox and add things to my repertoire. Yeah. Um, and especially, like, working at Toy First, as long as I did, it, I they were always having new things come up. Like, puppetry was something I never thought I would yep. get the opportunity to work with, and doing multiple shows with puppetry. And so you're just like, oh, well, okay, this is how I would handle dealing with puppets right keeping the puppets clean and all sorts of stuff so yeah yes every show you're just like and that's what i love it's the mysticism of stage management Mm -hmm. but it's also the chaotic uh, crazy side of it yeah just keeps you on your toes yeah exactly and that's that's what julie loves and hates about it (laughs) too whenever she's jumping into those situations to work on her stage management team oh my god i would love to work with her as an sm team because you just there and it's that kind of thing where you you know if you want to do it or not yeah oh a hundred percent and you have to be the right person for it you have to be organized you have to be able to keep people in line like you have to have a voice as a stage manager because if you don't people are going to walk all over you a lot of the time yeah and i i found like when i first started um stage managing and it you probably never experienced this because we were always friends Mm -hmm. but my first couple of shows i really kept the cast at a distance because i always felt like yeah you had to have that boundary of like sure i'm not your boss but i'm definitely here to tell you what to do to make sure that you're safe and and doing what you're supposed to do and the show goes on and you have a whole arena of kids coming in you have to make sure you're do everyone's doing what they're supposed to do nobody could be deviating from the plan mm-hmm. and i'm the plan holder but i i found like as i worked with the same people over and over again and got to know people and got to know the buffalo theater community and all the actors that would come through toy who were always of a high caliber, mm-hmm. um, 
I always felt that like I got to know people a bit more, and then you become people's friends, and then you, yeah, then you enjoy showing up to work every day. It's exactly, work. it's not just oh my stage manager is yelling at me again. And if you're good at your job as an actor and as a director, you know where the line is yes. with everything. Like you know when it's time to buckle down and just kind of yeah. listen to a person and put everything aside and just work. And, like, the downtime where you can, like, just, you know, be chilling in the green room talking to somebody. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. or sharing personal experience or sharing lunch and, like, in, in the, the break room and stuff. Like, you get to get to those moments when you're doing double show days or mm-hmm. long tech days. And you just really start to appreciate that you're surrounded by good people. And, that yeah, that's the marks of, like being able to find that balance. So as I as I grew and I became more comfortable at Toy, of course, I became more comfortable in the space. Yeah. But then I felt like I did kind of open up and I was able to hopefully all my actors can attest to this, but hopefully provide them with with, with what everybody needed. Oh, 100%. And the structure that everyone needed. Yeah, everybody has nothing but good things to say about you that's worked <laughs> with you. Don't make me cry. No, it's true. <laughs> like you're you're probably the best stage manager I've ever worked with bar none. Thank you. Yeah. That's very kind. And I I really do love it. I've missed it so much. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's not perfect and you know, you know being in in the industry of of it constantly changing and mm-hmm. you're constantly putting your body and your mind up for labor just like other industries mm-hmm. but you're also putting so much of your heart into it like a little too much often yeah where you give too much and i've had burnt out experiences and i've had shows that i've really not enjoyed yep every second of and maybe and that's where you learn that oh that's part of the process Mm -hmm. I don't have to enjoy every single minute right exactly and sometimes even like the best ones can be taxing and it's just because like partially because you care about it so much and want to succeed and that's Mm -hmm. what I tell people who you know when I work with kids and they're like do you get nervous and I'm like yeah I get nervous every time but it's because you care about it yeah because every day I go up in that booth I'm like oh is this the day I'm gonna ruin everything (laughs) is this the day that the lights are gonna go out or is this the day that someone's gonna get hurt on stage and of course like you do everything you do up to those moments in rehearsal to prepare for that yeah but sometimes things still happen like things still happen right like, and you're just that's live that's live theater and like people's shoes coming off on stage yep, the, yep. <laughs> the last show we did together <laughs> or actors just like having to be replaced or just like there's so many things but Ugh. i've always appreciated that like at the end of the day we're I, I i love what we do and i i wouldn't give it up and i'm ready i'm ready to go back it's been hard to watch everyone else go back to business yeah and just kind of sitting like waiting patiently mm. um but i'm i have hopes for for toy and yeah you know, i do too and i definitely think if i got anything out of this like we were talking about it a little bit um before we started recording but i think everybody needs to put a personal touch on everything so if you like miss doing things go out and get it again and like go out and get something done and do theater and write your own projects even if it sucks at first like just keep at it and find some way to stay creative that's something i've kind of struggled to do because i've always considered myself um and this is maybe a little pompous but like i've considered myself an artist as a stage manager you yeah you curate a show, and even though you are only a fraction of the element of creating it, um, I, I I miss being creative with running a show. No, a hundred percent. Especially toy. Uh, there's a really beautiful thing that is a, a blessing and a curse where I run the light board 
and um, call the show, mm -hmm. and so I don't have a light op, and so I've really enjoyed being able to be my own light op and get to make choices of when you do stuff. Yeah. And so I don't really have that creative outlet right now in my life. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 very um, you got to find it. You got to yeah. still continue to search for what what you want to do, because mm. nobody ever expected that to just happen. No. No. And, and theater just to to just disappear almost. and so, so quickly. Quickly, it happened so quick. You and were during, you were in the middle of Outsiders when that happened, right? Yeah, we had just opened. We had 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 um, our first two school performances on a Thursday and a Friday, and then Saturday we did one public show mm. mid panic, pretty much. <sighs> Um, and then we decided to cancel the rest of the run. Um, we got, a, I, as um, I know Preston was here talking about it, but we got the blessing to redo the show. Yeah. Um, we had to replace some cast members, but we got to do it as a film um, version, and it was filmed the stage show. But I had a bit of a crisis during that. I, I had a moment where there was a lot of just pressing buttons for me, and then you wait, you sit, and you wait. Yeah. And you let the, the the filmmakers do what they need to do, and the actors do what they need to do. But I had a bit of a crisis of, like, I don't even need to be here, which wasn't true. Yeah. But you, you just start to feel – film was never something I was – uh, attuned to. And yeah. So it felt weird for me to kind of be distanced from live theater. And not to like sound like this too, but there's a lot of ways in which film is easier yes. than theater. So it's sometimes it feels so simple that you're just like, what am I doing here? Like this, they could get anybody to do this off the, the street right the now. The fact that we could just do like a crazy technical sequence just over and over and over again. Yep. And it had been a sequence that I spent I, at least 45 minutes of a tech rehearsal trying to perfect. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that <laughs> and then all of a sudden then at, in the middle of you running that sequence, the, uh, your, your director or whoever just says, okay, we're going to stop and go back. You're just like, no, wait, no, but wait, I, like... I still have seven more cues to call. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But it, it was really good for me to, to – and the product was wonderful. The cast was really awesome. We kept everybody safe during mm -hmm. that time. That was really – it was, like, right before we shut down again yeah. in November. And so it was it was such a blessing to be able to have that. My family got to watch it. Oh, that's cool. Actors' families got to watch it. We got to share it with schools and stuff. So being able to do that was really cool to see how – and everybody in the community has adapted yeah. what they're doing. And that just shows you, like, that's what we're made for. We're made to keep morphing and – my, my yeah. morphin power. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but that's what we're made to do as humans, too. Like, we've, yeah. you know, we've been taught by the same people who have told us, like, art has just been around since the beginning of time. And, like, it's these not things, going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere at all. So it, it's it's been interesting to see what people have done to, like, stay relevant and, like, stay yeah. busy throughout everything. And stay paid. Like, that's a big thing, too, is um, there was... A, especially with other musical entertainment industries coming back, it's very it's very important and relevant to see how we have to be careful because you realize how fragile everything was. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever understood that. And that's, you know, that's our pompousness as, as Americans. But, like, we... I remember there was just a period where they are like, yeah, life's going to be disrupted. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, like, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. And then you find out. And I'm just proud that, uh, like, our community thrived and everyone kept um, putting stuff out there. And now that we're back to, like, we're about to hopefully have a full theater season. Yeah. Up, yeah. It's looking really like it, which is 
cool. Like more and more theaters are announcing things and yeah. like holding auditions for things. So hopefully it keeps up because yeah. I think people need that at this oh, point. Oh goodness, especially yeah, and not just for the escapism part of it, but just to get back to a place where you feel like uh, the community didn't go anywhere. Like it didn't. As much as it feels like it just disappeared, like I said earlier, it, it didn't go anywhere. We're all still. Um, making sure that people hear the stories that are out there and, mm-hmm. and we all get together still. Like, um, I'm pr- it's really cool to, to be a part of it. Yeah. What's your favorite thing you've been a part of so far, you think? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, as far as just, like, uh, things I've just enjoyed, uh, I really loved, and the, the, the women who did this show are so special to me, but I really loved working on Stella Luna. Yeah. That was such a special show, um, and again, that was one of my my experiences with puppetry at such a big scale. Yeah, and then the impact we had on kids for that show was just so beautiful. Um, so at least most recent years in toy, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> Jungle Book, just on the sheer scale of what we were doing. Um, yeah, holy shit! And for that to be um, such a big part of our season, um, that was like that was a challenge for me of dealing with. Um, yeah, just what that show was, and so yeah. I have so many, yeah, it, every show has such a special place in my heart, it's hard to say, um, but I've also done outdoor theater and stuff that I really love that. Yeah. There's something about being outdoors, um, doing your stuff, and like doing your craft, um, that I think is really cool. So I've done a show um, like Down by the Outer Harbor and stuff. And oh, so yeah. Just, I, I like doing that, too. I would love to get the opportunity to like do more outdoor stuff. Mm-hmm. Me, too. I love uh, being in the park just recently. It was nice to just be outdoors every yeah. day and know, like, oh, I'm just going to be in the park tonight. Like, Not at like the a end of the day. Building. Yeah, exactly. Nothing like on, uh, under lights where, like, if you're under those <laughs> damn lights for a while, it's. You're dying. Yeah, oh, you can, it's terrible. Yeah, I, I Especially, don't, like. I don't have to deal with that. When we did Shakespeare Stealer, I remember oh, just goodness. dying yeah. throughout that show. Well, you also guys were doing, like, full combat choreography for almost, <laughs> like, a whole hour and 45 minutes plus an intermission. Oh, my God. And so it was just that that was so demanding. That was a lot. That show was Ooh. a lot of work for that. It was a fun one, though. And that one also was... got great reception, too. That was that one award. Like, I'm so – it's so cool to see – those types of shows, even though I never thought I'd do children's theater. Yeah. But you get into it and you're like, oh, no, no, this is, this is, exa- this is what I, this is what I like to do as well. Yeah. And then, and then we, at Toy, we always stepped it up. Like, we're always doing crazy choreography or yep. crazy f- special effects, like, you know, Ken Shaw doing amazing sets. And so I, we, I always, I never felt like it was like juvenile, you know, juvenile is a, a weird word for it. But, but, but you're right. Like, and it, what's, terrible is i feel like there's still such a stigma around it that that drives people away from it i remember during and i won't mention him by name on here but there there was an actor in buffalo who he came up to me i think it was during jungle book or like slightly after or something like that and he was like you know i wanted to come see it but and like kind of like looked left and right he's like it's children's theater and i and i was like (laughs) Okay, you clearly you Why just do you don't say it like you that? don't get it. Like, like it's a slur. Right. He's just like he's just like it, it looks weird for an adult to be in a children's but everybody Like, loves, no, it doesn't. No, and everybody loves children's stories. Like, how how could you not love the story of Jungle Book or Char- Charlie Brown's Christmas has such a special place in my heart mm-hmm. because that's something that 
people were bringing their kids every year yeah. to do it as a tradi- like they're a part of their holiday tradition. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what theater should be. It should be an outing with your family. And, it should be. And, you know, I, it was never something that um, I, I like... It, uh, in school, got the experience too. I was privileged enough to like see a toy show as a kid. Right, right. Um, but my parents, you know, my mom took me to Shakespeare in the Park once or twice. Um, but they never were creative people, and so I didn't know that that world existed. Um, but I now like having parents who will support you, even though it is children's theater. Yep. You just are really respectful of that. Of like, no, I'm still, I'm still giving something. That's really special and unique to the public, and mm. it is hard. Yeah, it is, it's it is so hard. The shows we our, our standard was very high, and and I like to think that we worked very hard for it. Right, and that's what was so good about uh, Meg Quinn is like she just her mindset with everything. Oh, yeah. She just gets into their world. Like, how does a child look at this? Yeah. And what? It, and people miss that when we did um, Junie B when I was involved there for the first time. I remember her saying the worst thing you can do is like pretend you're children. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be like adults pretending to They'll be children because because it's fake. Mm-hmm. Like you just got to like meld into it. Yeah. And then we saw, you know, that trailer for that other company that had done it. And we were like, oh, yeah, this yep. is the wrong way to do it. Like it, you can't treat them like you're yeah. dumb. You think about yourself when you're a kid. You have the same consciousness from the time you're a kid. To the time you're an adult, you just grow into your body. Yeah. But you have, like, the voice in your head has always been the same. It's always been that same person that's That's living in in there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, like, you have to embrace that and you have to look into that part of you again that remembers And not forget that that part of you exists when you are talking to children. Yeah. And that's hard because, like, especially those of us who don't have families of our own or I don't have a lot of young ones in my family. The youngest is, like, four now. Um, you just you get you you get used to t- talking to kids a certain way, but like mm. no, like you they deserve just as much respect. One hundred percent, and that's not something that everybody believes in, or that everybody not believes in. That sounds terrible, right? Right, but that everybody practices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Children should be disrespected, um, but but like that, uh, and also we're we're also relearning that too. Exactly, and and yes, you're right. Like Meg always had such a really wonderful way of handling that where. Yeah, you just didn't do anything half effort either. Like you had to give them the same amount that you would give an adult audience. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I miss it so much. Yeah, I know, and I it, I, I know that it'll come back um, in some form, and I I hope that it's it's exactly what it looks like before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really I'm happy to see everyone kind of like doing what they want and me living, too still living their life and yeah um, I know that we'll. We'll hopefully be back together working again. We'll be back with it. Like that's that's always how it goes with these types of things. Is it's like ebbs and flows. So we yeah. have this is a dark time now. We're gonna be back and better than ever with it, which will be really really good. It'll For be sure. just good to get back to all of that. It's funny you brought up Stella Luna too because I feel like every child I've talked to that's been at Toy. Like <laughs> if I ask, oh, what have you seen there? Stella Luna is like one of the first things. Like. I felt so immersed in that show just seeing it. Yeah. And, and being like around. transported. Yeah. What was the, so you mentioned like the puppetry work. What was the hardest part about doing that for you and um, keeping that organized? Well, for me, nothing. But, <laughs> but well, just honestly, just treating them as, um, 
as a part of the cast almost like and that was like something that we had um uh adam krutinger who's a, a puppeteer technician and who created the puppets he mm-hmm. came in and did a class with the actors um and so from day one i knew there was a sense of responsibility with yeah that. and it's yeah. not and you know I, I like lol like stage managers guard props but this was a different level, whereas, like, I couldn't get another one just, like, at the store. No, no. It's just completely unique. He completely created them from scratch. They are made for these actors. Um, but, like, I just... And, and this the set was a challenge. We had a lot of heavy flies. Yeah. Um, we did have, like, a small injury early on in rehearsal that you have to just deal with. Mm. Um, and it was a set thing, and we fixed it right away. You get, you know, the safety measures added and whatever. And so it's, it's all of that. You're just... Every time that you're looking at your actors on stage, you're just, like... You're just... There's a lot of worry, but there's just a lot of responsibility. And because yeah. those ladies were dancing and singing and using the puppets, I just felt a, a, a big wave of responsibility. Yeah. Um, but those women are uh, so incredible. That entire cast, they they, they know who they are. Yeah, you, you could not have asked for a better group of people amazing, to do that um, show. Under, under the amazing direction of Kyle Conti. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I that yeah that show just holds a really special. I would do that. I would do that show over and over and over. Again. Yeah, that's how I felt about um, around that time I toured um, for the school show for the first time and using the puppet for that. Like yeah, there there was something with that. Just me and Colleen and then um, Kelly Camerata stage managing for us. The dynamic we had was really nice. Like just showing up together every day and being able to like unpack and get yep. everything done and. Um, but just the connections with the kids through that was something I'll never forget yeah. because it was a whole new perspective of like, oh, okay, I'm face-to-face with them. I'm, like, yep. doing this. I'm really interacting. Like, even when you guys did, like, the fly-out, um, the yeah. the interactions that the actresses were doing with the audience mm-hmm. in that were so personal and so fun to watch through that. And it's cool to get that element of theater. Which, it's it's just magic. And it's just yeah. magic that is, like, can't be created in a... It's just in a vacuum. And you... Um, you know that we've done, um, we do like sensory friendly shows. Yep. And so being able to do um, shows like that where you're being mindful mm-hmm. of the type of kids that are coming in, audience members. We had a little, uh, a lovely little kid who was scared at first of the puppets and oh, stuff and yeah. eventually warmed up through watching the show, was able to go to their seat and feel comfortable. And so when you know that you're doing that, you're like, yes, like, yeah. We did it. And then you're creating all those memories for these kids too like i i have a i I will never forget one of the i think one of the two shows i got the chance to see at toy um i got to sit in the audience and they had it was lion the witch in the wardrobe oh cool and they had the lion and the witch come down on stilts and they were giant the actors were on stilts they were covered in costume and then they had the puppet heads Mm. so they had like a huge fight in the audience and as a kid you're just like oh holy crap yeah that's you just are like this is insane like i've never seen anything like this before no and then going to toy and actually my first season we did line the witch in the wardrobe and so it's just you have those moments where you're i hope that we create those moments for other kids me too and maybe there's like another little stage manager out there oh will feel like this is something that they want to get into absolutely like okay like that's that's it that i could die happy you see them even in the acting classes i teach you see the kids where you're like 
you have a stage manager mind, and that's what you're probably going to get into eventually. You can just tell. You could tell they want to, like, keep everybody focused and in place and, like, doing that. That's how I knew um, when, like, me and Julie were first going out. That's how I knew she was good at any kind of leadership position within theater because – if there was some kind of like audition or things like that, she's leading warmups with yeah. people and doing stuff like that. So she's that good voice of like, "Hey, convene, do this, go do that." And, and every, every every situation in life kind of needs people like that. Yeah, there's there's going to be, and it, it, it part of it is a sense of control. I like being in control. <laughs> there was definitely a period in college where. I was in, on the acting track because you had to be. You didn't really get a choice. Um, and I was acting and doing shows. And then there was a period where I got to watch some stage management. And I was like, oh, this is where all the power is. Yeah. But also I appreciated that I could then – you just take you take a lot of the control out of other people's hands because then you put it in yours. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And like I said, like the responsibility is, is crazy. But – you, I, I feel more comfortable than if I was on stage. Like, I, I never really tr- felt truly comfortable on stage because you just don't have as much control. Yeah. You're a piece of the puzzle. It, it's strange how many people have come on here acting-wise and have said, I don't know if I'll go back to yeah. that. Like, even um, Matt DeVita said it on here. I'll repeat it just because it's on record. But he, when I had him on here and we talked, he said... I started getting anxious, like, in anxiety yeah. before every show that I did. And I even if I was playing, like, my dream roles, I would still be like, I'm not doing enough and, like, criticizing my whole performance. And, and he said the stress just wasn't worth it. So he thinks, like, he's done for a bit and just doing whatever. And But, like, I've had a couple of people who have said that. And it, it during this time, it kind of makes sense because... Mm-hmm. Some things might start to catch up with you, and then you have a chance to sit and look through everything and really analyze back, things. Yeah, yeah. And it is a lot. Like I, um, I have very close friends, and you know, my uh, my lovely roommate um, is an actor too. So I'm mm-hmm. watching her go through auditions and stuff. I do not envy you at yeah. all, as much as I love to make actor jokes mm-hmm. um, about actors um, who are pains in my ass. <laughs> Um, I love, I just, I, I couldn't do what you guys do because it is such a, you have to be in constant criticism of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's part of being prepared and knowing that you're doing the work and you're doing the research and you're you're doing what you're supposed to before you get to that stage. But um, the audition process, I, I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I don't want to be perceived ever. And so definitely when you're going to auditions and having to put yourself out there like that, it's it's incredibly difficult. And um, there's also a lot of um, just kind of, uh, I don't know if gatekeeping is the right word, but there, it's hard to break into certain roles. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, a very, um, it's a very tight uh, circle to kind of get involved in. But then if you're doing it and you're finding it fulfilling, like we said, maybe not perfect, yeah. but still fulfilling – Great, but I I can see where where people get burnt out by it because you're just constantly on. You're constantly having to be on top of your body, on top of your voice, on mm-hmm. top of uh you know what you're doing in the show, and so yeah, on top of that. like handling your day job and shit, yeah, which is right. which is what everybody has to do in the theater industry. It. But it's all it's it can be a lot sometimes. Even coming back to this one, I yeah. was exhausted all the time and forgot how much of a toll it took. Yeah, I it was very clear that um. 
it's it's a full-time job mm -hmm. uh, and then yes you're also working another full-time job on top of it usually and those of us who are blessed I was very blessed for for five years at toy for them to um, to offer me a really substantial and and um, generous I was able to live yeah. off of working there which not a lot of people can say no. I, had, I had a residency which is very rare and I, I hope I get to go back to it but um uh, it's it's not easy to constantly have to be out there looking for work and constantly make sure that you fit in that niche and yeah especially now when the when the options are even less, yeah even less opportunities exactly people get forced into like doing different things or they mm -hmm. they have to just kind of regroup and go yep. with other options around and it, it's it's a hard industry to be in sometimes it really really is especially like. You said the word perceived. We ha we've had whole conversations about this on the show where, like, the perception part is the worst part of theater where you're just like, am I doing enough? <laughs> oh, well, oh, I know that this person's looking at me in this way and, yeah. like, and that they're, like, like, breaking down everything I do. And it, it's, it's too much. A lot of times it's, like, way I, too much. I can't tell you how many times I've had, of course, this, this won't this – uh, kind of a good thing that this won't be happening in the future, but I can't tell you how many times I've had actors show up like sick and like yeah. very not in a good place. And like, you still just got to go on. Yep. And like, at least as a stage manager, I've been blessed enough that like, there's been times where I've been sick and like, you just lay down on the floor during intermission. Yep. Yeah. But nobody can look at me. Like I'm in my pajamas sometimes. <laughs> like I'm not wearing shoes. Like I have snacks up there. Yeah. Like, I'm just chilling. And then you're paying attention, but you guys, um, you guys have a hard job. So I, that's why acting was like, not for, me as much as I um really love the insight that I got from doing it mm -hmm. um I will never go back I think everybody needs to do it just to get the yeah. feeling of it and know if you like that feeling because some people like can thrive off of the feeling of being in front of people and like the adrenaline just pushes them through with it um but Others can't, and it's. Yeah. But I think just being able to get out in front of people and like just be able to put yourself out there for two hours or yep. so—that's a brave thing that people have to do. And I, I never expected that theater would be the thing that I carry into the rest of my life. Yeah. But of course, like everybody knows, like theater knows that mm -hmm. because that's why, like you said, it's been around since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Like because it gives you those skills in your life, like. I'm a great salesperson. Yeah, because yeah, you are <laughs> because of theater. I I'm good at you know at um, kind of adapting to different situations or thinking quick on your feet if something happens. Mm -hmm. I'm just just like an essence of being calm in chaotic situations, which I don't know that I would have learned that elsewhere. Yeah, and like doing other jobs like got like godforsaken jobs like food service. <sighs> Which God. is just a hellscape as it is mm -hmm. for retail or, mm -hmm. or restaurant work or anything that people um, are are doing these days. Uh, it's it is it allows you to just understand that whatever happens, you could just deal with it. Yeah, and whatever person comes in screaming at you about their cream cheese on their bagel. Oh my God! Um, you just know that you can stay calm and you can just deal with it. Oh, and sometimes so you can't. Like sometimes you lose it. I've definitely cried at rehearsal. I've cried at shows before. I've cried at work. I've yeah, done all I've of that. Cried, I've done all those things. <laughs> but I'm also. It's cool to see people recognizing their um, their their livelihood a bit more and being able to be like, well, no, I am burned out from this. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And not just holding on to it for dear life just because society said you should. Yeah, you just, you have to know when yeah. it's time to put it down. 
Like you, you just do because it's more harmful to yourself to yeah. just keep yourself pushing and keep yourself going when you know you can't do that. That's a hard lesson to learn, though. We're we're so conditioned to. Um, and maybe you can speak from experience too. Like I have parents who are all about like work ethic. Like we've just always worked Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, but what if I don't want to do that? Yeah, exactly. I wanted to do theater and luckily theater became, you know, a a, a viable option Mm -hmm. for me, but it took a long time for me to realize like, I should just quit this job. Like I just got to get out of here. I've been known to put in like four weeks notices. I've I've done that same job. I mean, Mm -hmm. and of course, some of it's out of respect for your coworkers and you know whatever. But it's like sometimes you just you just gotta fucking leave. Sometimes I do that (laughs) subliminally too. Like to like I'll give like thirty days just to see what they'll say. Just to like be like, will you like? Are Freak you gonna do? Or... Are you gonna do anything about it if I leave? Like, yeah. there was a specific instance when we worked together. Yeah. When I I had put in thirty days, and then I didn't hear anything for a few days. Nope. So then I said, so then I emailed them again, and I was like, hey, I'm actually gonna go in two weeks, and um, then. <laughs> I ended up like I think I ended up like being like, "Hey, I'm not coming in on Monday." Well, like, that's, uh, that's if just I remember be... correctly, you left after there was a shooting incident. Uh yeah, I think because I because had... that was the time. That's the thing. Like, we stay in these jobs so long because you're like, "Well, where am I gonna go? How am I gonna get a paycheck? I have bills to pay." Mm-hmm. That you're literally like, "We th- that j- job became dangerous." Yeah, I showed up for another week after that. Happened. Yeah, I don't know how you did. Like but, that was. But again, like you just you, you tell yourself like that there aren't other options and that's that's a that's a learned behavior and getting out of that is also a learned behavior i think we're like slowly as we all get into like our late 20s and we're all about to turn 30 and Mm -hmm. freak out um that we uh hopefully have learned that i definitely feel like i've learned that lesson yeah me too jobs that i i'm i gotta get out of i i've tried to leave Mm -hmm. because you gotta save yourself. Yeah, I had two shows that I did bef- like pre-pandemic that were two opposite experiences. One was a terrible experience. One was an amazing experience. Yeah. Got paid the same amount for both. Yeah. Of them. <laughs> so I was like, I need to be more choosy with like what I. D- I need to know like all the factors going into this yeah. and what to do and what not to do with this person's reputation and like. I I just need to take it. I think I'm going to be limiting myself if I, if and when I go back to yeah. like two shows a year max yeah. that I do, just because I can't be like you know I'm getting married in a year. I'm yeah. going to be like I have focuses that I like want to start doing and other interests. So I can't be burning myself out and like burning the candle at both ends to you know make an extra buck every once in a yeah. while if I can. And to be in that position and and. Like we said, it's a full-time job, but you're sometimes getting paid, like, not full-time wages. Mm-hmm. Like, there was definitely a period where when I worked out how much I was making an hour, it's – especially for stage managers, you're there at the – you know, you're literally there sometimes an hour, an hour and a half before everybody else. Yeah. Sometimes half hour after everybody leaves, et cetera. You're doing extra work outside. And I, I had a point where I – um I just got my real estate license, yeah. and I was kind of grinding with that and doing um, toy as well, s- rehearsal usually six days a week, six hours yeah. a day sometimes. Um, and uh, there was a period where I was like, why did I get myself into two jobs that are 24-7? 
24-7, I will have clients texting me at 2 a.m. being like, can we see this house today? And then having actors texting you being like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to rehearsal tonight. Oh, my God. Et cetera, et cetera. And I, uh, I had a, a crisis, and I just I, – I had to understand that you have to have boundaries. Yeah. And so, like, I got to a period with real estate where I'm like, okay, I don't answer my phone after 8 p.m. Yeah. I don't look at my email after 8 p.m. Um, and sometimes that's hard for workaholics. Sure. But you just – or we're on your phone all the time. But yeah, you got to set boundaries. Boundaries are a new, I feel like a new word for everybody. Yeah, yeah. These days. <laughs> Between diseases and just <laughs> personal health, like everybody's Setting just got <laughs> boundaries. Please do it cuz it's going to help you out. I know. I feel it. Do you feel a sense of this is a total switch of subject, but you feel more of a sense of relief going to Bonnaroo now that they're requiring oh, vaccinations? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was. Um, I I am a ball of anxiety, but I, my anxiety has gotten a lot worse. Ironically, after I got vaccinated, um, and I've just been feeling a lot weirder about being out in public. Um, so yes, I I had a. I, I was going to – we're still going to go. Mm-hmm. We have the tickets and we have the plans. Um, but there was watching <laughs> watching the shit show that was Rolling Loud and the shit show that was Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. Oh, my God. I was freaking out a little bit um, because I just was scared. And, <laughs> and as we all should be, you know, Delta's a real thing. Like, yeah. Don't listen to anybody else. But um, I feel so much better. And they took actually a very strong policy – um, and they're doing it with uh, some time in advance. I think Good. there's going to be a lot of people who are pissed off, which I understand. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm now going to be able to feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah. Um, I think for now, that's just how we need yep. to do it. Like, there, yep. there are people dying from this variant that we have no idea, like, really how much stronger potentially it is than, the you know, the first strain that we had. Right. And it could, you know, disrupt. It could make us go back into lockdown even oh God, worse. Yeah, there's a company, um, AEG, who's a major production company. They actually um, are part of putting on Coachella and Electric Forest mm-hmm. and a bunch of other big festivals. Um, but they had a really awesome statement that I felt like, um, you know, was just should be applauded. Where they basically said like. This is a privilege. Yeah. Doing this is a privilege. Entertainment is a privilege. And going to a, a music festival is a privilege, a concert, any of it. And you don't get to put our staff at risk. No. Of their livelihood and their lives mm. just because you don't want to get the vaccine. And they didn't say it like that. I'm, I'm saying it very um, aggressively. They had a very kind, um, you know, we, we wish you would choose a different path, but this is how we have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that because um, I also used to be, well, I kind of am, I guess, a part of the state chance union in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love doing that. I, I really get a, I, I really get a big sense of um, I love fulfillment out of state uh, stagehand work. And there there's those people have no livelihood. Like no. The, I, for for most of us in local communities, we just go get other little jobs, sure and stuff. But sure. Like people working tours and arenas and festivals and big major entertainment. Um, productions they did not get a choice no and we were the one of the first industries to shut down and we've been one of the longest industries to be shut down so i'm glad that um as much as it's going to piss people off the demand is still there there's going to be plenty of patrons who will do what you ask and so yeah i'm glad to see it happen it it just 
it, it's the right move. Yeah, it really just it is. is. It where the one thing I really don't understand, and it's a choice, right? Like it, it really, truly, in the at the end of the day, it is a choice. Yeah. In my opinion, it's not a great choice to make to <laughs> not, not get vaccinated. I would make, but there, are, I've seen so many people out there that will talk about how the vaccine isn't safe, and then will like you know start an uprising because their kid is being forced to wear a mask at school. It's like, no, you have to do. If you're not going to do this, you have to do something else. Like, yeah. there's just. You have to protect everybody. That's the thing is, like, there's there's so many selfish reasons sometimes, I feel like, that people don't realize that are happening because they're not doing this. Yeah. It, it, we've seen so many cases of, like, people not knowing they have it and giving it to oh, somebody yeah. else. And the, like, well, the whole idea that <laughs> there's still... There's still- uh, people who don't really understand the concept of like asymptomatic. Yeah. Like it's, we're now, you know, a full year plus into our personal, um, lovely global pandemic, and like that idea still is like lost on people. Yeah. And so I, I, and I understand there's confusion, and I, I do really get it. But um, there's also valid reasons that some people can't get vaccinated, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger said it best just recently, where he basically said, "Like your freedom has responsibilities. Yeah, your freedom has duties as well, and part of that is protecting your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And that's and if you you don't get to go to a private farm mm-hmm. and party with sixty thousand people, um, if you don't want to follow the rules, like I'm no. sorry, that's private land. And if you want to talk about whether you get that privilege or not." You have to abide by what people are going to do. Yeah, absolutely. It, it I, I just don't understand it sometimes. Yeah. I really don't. And a lot of artists are coming out and saying, like, no, we're requiring, ve- like, venues. And, and um, pr- like, Live Nation said that they would, they would protect any artists that said they want to require vaccines at their venue. Mm. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do about it? Right, exactly. You big bad about it? <laughs> <laughs> like, then... Don't go. Then like, don't go. Because at the end of the day, I yeah, I always think about stage crew people. Like whenever I see a production, I'm always like, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people who put that together, who are relying on this to feed their family, to feed themselves. Yeah. And um, you don't get to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think one of the worst things now too, and you know, the internet is the major culprit of this, but there's so much misinformation out oh, yeah. now. Like I've been using this example with people when polio and the vaccine came out for that people just got it yeah like they didn't just like oh yeah and it disappeared like they were like oh you have this (laughs) cure for it now okay and like granted maybe that's not the best way to do it like because you know it's the 40s and like we're like we weren't as advanced yet but you know it got cured and yeah. and people were, you know, how many people do you see with polio nowadays? Yeah, not there, many. There's a reason we don't die at childbirth. Exactly. Days. There's like, like there's reasons for that. On. So like the people that are like, uh, you know, oh, it's not safe. It hasn't been tested enough. You think so, this, since this pandemic started that people haven't been working around the clock yeah. to try and stop it? 
<sighs> like it's just you also are just like you live in the 21st century you know that right yeah. like we live in a modern age which like god bless i don't like to do a lot of um like what if isms i do occasionally mm. um but like i can't there's a fun one to do is like what if i lived in like medieval times because you just are just you just have to accept that like at the end of the day you just are okay you're gonna be okay like you're gonna be okay yeah we're all gonna live laid into our 80s maybe yeah if, if, oh, if God things willing, work Jesus. out and so it's just funny that um people want to pick and choose like you want to have you know i'm looking at your sports posters like you want to have like football games but you <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. want you know you don't want to do what people need to do i know but we went to um we went to, i saw my very first um uh, Blue Jays game hey, uh, like good. a month ago and they had like a vaccinated section an unvaccinated section and so like yeah there's gonna be see at least there's that make. like yeah. th- there's that at least for people who want to make that choice and then want to go out to places yep. but like not everywhere's gonna offer that. right exactly like again like it's a private business and so or like things are private or like the whole idea of like you don't you don't get every you don't yeah. get everything you want and how many businesses have we seen close because yeah. like they just can't it, like cantina loco oh my god i know <laughs> <laughs> So terrible. Tap room just closed on, yeah. on Sheridan. They just announced that they're going uh, at like the end of the month. And it's so hard it's, to see because, you know, Buffalo is a big export for, um, for yeah, for tourism and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so it's, um, w- w- what do you expect? You want to cry about the economy, but you don't want to do what's necessary. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's weird. It's weird to um, be going into the South, honestly. <laughs> um, but we're just going to, all you can do is protect yourself, right? And, and just surround yourself with people who you know are protecting themselves as well yeah 100 percent. is there anyone in particular that you're most excited to see or you're oh, just looking um, to be on the farm meg the stallion of course meg i um, knew you were gonna say that i just love her so much there's there's something about her that i'm just like so drawn to i think she's such a great uh like i don't know i just like look up to her I just she's think great she's just the way she carries herself and um, I'm so excited to see her. I think she's going to give a great show. But then, like, Lizzo's also playing. Mm-hmm. Lizzo's headlining. So having, like, um, this is her first black female uh, headliner. And oh, so, wow. Um, they, they, they struggled a long time with getting the ladies on the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've done a lot better in recent years. And she's just, like, I've been following her for a while. And seeing her blow up and become the amazing star that, like, you see that she is mm-hmm. it's so cool and so i'm really excited to see her too uh i'm gonna miss it so much i know i'm sorry i i know it's so it's, it's not even it's not even you it's just like this year it just wouldn't have worked yeah, out with, right. it, with it being on labor day because yep. you know my kids come back to school on that tuesday yep. and like next year now that like i have vacation time with this job i can work it out where i go oh, as sure. long as like you know, things are clear for everything. Well, but it's weird not doing theater all the time because you're like, oh, I can actually go and do, do things. Stuff. Yeah, like, I know. We're taking a, a trip during the holidays, and I've never done that. And oh, I've yeah, done that in five years. So it's 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 nice to to that the world's like starting to open back up, and you feel a bit better about doing more stuff. Yeah. It is nice. It gives that sense of normalcy a little bit. And just being on the farm is going to be so healing yeah. for you and the whole crew and everything like that. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's just, um, it's such a great 
experience and I, I think it's gonna be healing you know like stuff like that it always where, is where it's just we've all had a really hard year and time and like I don't see all those people as much as I would like to mm-hmm. um and we've grown our group and so I'm just excited and um we got friends coming from all over the country and yep. stuff so it's gonna be really exciting and I'm I'm getting right re- you know you know me Steve yeah. your brain I'm already like <laughs> you've got your list yep, you've got your I'm already getting myself ready so um if anyone's looking for like you know uh, you know how I feel about it if anyone's looking for like a of a, a introductory festival to go to Bonnaroo is is the way to go because it's not a city fest it is on a private piece of land you're in a controlled area and it also is just magical Mm -hmm. it's it's perfect you just have so much room to lay out and relax if you don't want to be right in dead center of the shows it's uh there's so much good food there there's so, so many good. things to do that aren't music it's yep. it's perfect to just go they and did hang a out really it. good job over the last couple of years of making like like Haley williams has a whole curated yeah i um, heard about thing, that and they have just you know, there's so much stuff to do outside of the main uh grounds that it it also helps with the crowd situation mm-hmm. um and like that's a big thing for me like yeah talking about anxiety and <laughs> Crowds are hard, especially I haven't yeah. been in a big crowd in over two years. I know. And so it's very, I'm going to warm my way up into it. But that a place like that is the perfect place for people who struggle with stuff like that. Because, yes, you can, yeah. you can choose. You can choose your own adventure and yeah. carry exactly what you want to do. Yeah. You don't see people for, like, the whole day. And then no. you're just like, where have you like, been? Hey, and, but you'll be at a show late at night and they'll just pop up they'll next just to pop you. Up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, hey, We always just find each other somewhere. Yeah, because you're always, like, gravitated <laughs> to your group and I love that I I didn't um, bring a large group for a long time because I was I was worried you know mm-hmm. traveling with a large group of people and you never really truly know your friends until you've traveled with them and so you never know and so um, I'm glad that like as we grew our group um, you just find people who are on it and you got like down to earth down, and exactly. like ready to go and just be yeah. chill and not cause drama no, and like n- mostly no drama yeah because that's what you don't need that with oh, Bonnaroo God, you no. if people are bringing down your trip like they just need to be no. cut I've I I nothing is worse than so having one you bring someone to something and you're so excited for them to be there and they don't want to be there mm-hmm. and you're just like you blame yourself and you're mad at them and you're just like all right well that my bad right like why did i do this <laughs> I like what mistake. did i put myself into yeah. but i love sharing that with our, my friends because i think i think you know it's a little I, it's very dramatic to say but bonnaroo like changed my life in some ways mm-hmm. and it's been a big part of my life for a long time and you know how important it is to me and jd yeah and our story and so um i just think it's it's a really cool place for people to go and and be themselves and what, be human what number bonnaroo is it for you two together this is will it be uh, together number well we've been together six years so this will be number five together yeah because yeah. we missed last like year officially wow yeah and um eight to all together so i've almost been going for a decade wow but we missed our streak r.i.p but i mean you had you know, no you had I'm no right. choice Everybody but to did. with that yeah. yeah i i think there's just an asterisk with that i think it's a streak yeah. with like just an asterisk yeah nobody shit. like really wants to talk about any of that anyways, right so you just forget it happened because you're going to the next bonnaroo that yes. happened yes. it just wasn't within just like wasn't. the timeline it would yeah. have been in they're still doing it as if it's their 25th anniversary mm-hmm. so 
Um, I could talk about Bonner all day. I know. So. That's why I love. <laughs> that's why I love like because I talk music so much on here. I yeah. just had like a whole episode a few ago where we just talked like hip hop nice. albums and yeah. shit like that. Forever. Surfaces is a really good artist who mm-hmm. like I like kind of blew up on TikTok randomly. Um, who I'm gonna go see? Ash Nico's a really awesome mm-hmm. um, hip hop artist. Um, Gonna try to do Phoebe Bridgers, yeah, you know, just like Foo Fighters, you know. Oh, you, you have to do Foo Fight. That's like the that's the thing that I keep looking at the lineup and being like them and Tame Impala. Yeah, I'm just like fuck. I'm gonna miss especially both of those. after they just had a show somewhere um, like uh, last week where Dave um, there were protesters outside of the show. Um, uh, like Westboro Baptist type protesters. Oh, for God's and sake. Dave Grohl came out with his whole band on a, a the bed of a big truck and just <laughs> played to them and was like, I love you guys. We all should love each other. Mm. And so I'm just excited to see him and the, the energy he brings. He's and- probably... I don't think Dave Grohl is talked about enough as one of, like, the best musical artists of our generation. Well, just, like, legend status. Yeah. Like, he, he just, like... You forget everything he did with Nirvana yeah. and then, you know, transitioning to the Foo Fighters who have been one of the most successful bands of all of all time. They're just so relevant always. People always want to see the Foo Fighters and when they're And he's been around. around for long enough and, like, has just always been a positive light, I feel like, yeah. in the music industry where, like, I'm – I'm sure his early career was very traumatic mm-hmm. and what yeah, what happened with Nirvana and everything. Like I'm sure that takes a toll on you and I'm sure you have a moment of like, do is this what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Foo Fighters has found such and so yeah, I'm super excited. We we got the chance to see the killers two years ago. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh my and god. So like when you get those bands that like, you know, everybody knows Mr. Brightside and like And played, they came out and played it first. And you just, you're like, this is my life. This is, and you're having so much fun and you're with your loved ones. And, um, yeah, yeah. you just, you just lose your mind a little bit. I had the, the pink confetti that they had at the end of that show that they blew out in the crowd. I had a handful of that, that I had, I think the last shred just disappeared from my backpack like two (laughs) weeks ago. And I just like kept it in there for as long as I had it because it's, yeah, you just want to hold on to like those little moments and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I a- love that. Yeah, concerts are always like that. That you're like, that's a memory for me for the rest of my life. Oh, it was so good. And they just put on such a good show yeah. in general. And it, that one was fun in particular, too, because, you know, with Red Bull and everything, sometimes they put the full shows up on, like, YouTube yeah. or whatever. Um, so I got home, and my dad's actually a huge fan of The Killers. Cool. So I was I was telling him that they were on the lineup, and I think he had – I think I told him previously to going, too, that they were on there. So he was like, how were they? And I was like, they were good or whatever. Like, uh, they played all their stuff. And it was, and it was, you know, you come home from Bonnaroo, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. So I had just woke up at, like, 5.30 p.m. and, like, was telling my family about this. And then, um, so he searched the show on YouTube and they had the full show. So we sat and had dinner and watched the show again. And I was like, it's still just as good as, like, like, (laughs) yeah. Like, you don't feel the energy, but you're like, holy crap, this is still the same really good set. And that year was cool because, um, you know, Tom Petty had just passed. So, so many, uh, they had the whole Super Jam where they were doing his music. And then 
artists were just tributing him in their sets, like, throughout their whole thing. So that was a great atmosphere to be a part of that And year. it's got the history. Like, they, they've had legend acts like Elton John and Paul McCartney, and um, they have uh, the dead come and play and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they have the they have that reputation. It has transferred into um, where they've, they've fully embraced hip-hop, they've fully embraced rap, and they've like, def- they, they, they made a whole stage for their EDM shows. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't exist. Um, but it is also just like there's folk bands and all sorts of bluegrass. Their bluegrass is great. I always find some great walk, bluegrass yeah, artists Yeah, you just there. walk through like the main venue at any time of the day and you're hearing every single genre that exists mm-hmm. out there. And I, I've never seen anything like that. And so I, I'll go until I die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. It's like one of those things. And I think like, you know, isn't that life like we do all this we do all this work and we're here, you know, mm. grinding away. Um, and so for one week out of the year, um, I get to go just like rage with my friends. Just be separate from yep. everything. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's like a whole separate environment, which is, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place to be a beautiful. part of. One of my favorite memories with you going was seeing Dua the first year I went on uh, the smaller stage and then going back the next year and her just being a superstar at that point. That's always really cool. That that was a cool thing just to see her, you know, like doing all these great songs in front of like a smaller crowd because we'll never see her in that small of a crowd again. No. Like that's guaranteed with her level of fame now. And then... To be just up in front watching her on the main stage and like being able to watch Julie enjoy oh, that yeah. because it was her second time seeing Dua and like it, it's cool to see artists kind of grow like that in front of your eyes. And Bonnaroo really, they I I I've listened to an <laughs> awesome um, the What podcast, which is um, uh, all things Bonnaroo, and mm-hmm. they, they they one one episode were talking about how they how they book and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And I have such crazy amount of respect for how they do it. And I do think they give people their dues and allow artists to come and really like shine. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's not easy to put on a, one of those shows. Like it's huge. No. Like, the main stage is ginormous mm-hmm. and, and it's not just for anybody. Um, but yeah, I love seeing artists come up. I unfortunately missed this show, but um JD has uh, he saw Sam Smith like early oh, that's days cool. like itty bitty um, to then he went and saw Disclosure and Sam Smith came and sang on Latch mm. like just like things you're never gonna see again <laughs> in your so life cool. um, and so I I'll, I'll continue to go forever yeah well that's the f- the first year we went was when uh, I was like everybody needs to make a point to go see Travis Scott oh, like yeah. everybody yeah. needs to make a point to just go make their way over there. And me just being there and being able to see how wild he was, like, especially then, was I, I – it just checked every box. And I remember, like, saying something about it the next day and JD just turning and be like, yo, Travis Scott was fucking yeah. crazy. And I was like, I know. And, like – but it was that point where people were starting to recognize, oh, yeah. oh this guy's really good. Yeah. Because then you pull out a great Bonnaroo set and, like – and all of a sudden it's in the news. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, festivals have been in the news recently for not great things. Like like Lola did not look real good in the news recently. <laughs> that was, that um, was the next outbreak of COVID. So that's, right that's the, you know, and that's the worry is that like, that's what we're, you know, I hope that Bonnaroo does it right. And I'm, I'm trusting that my years of going and yeah. trusting the staff and I've watched them like upgrade 
every year they bring something. Even something as simple as like permanent bathrooms. Yeah. Silly, but like it just adds hygiene, all that. You just any they any festival that every year you watch where your ticket money goes. Yep. That's the festival you want to go to. Yeah, you could see it working for you right exactly. in the moment. And not just like them just money grabbing mm-hmm. and um, you don't ever see any improvement. And their showers are nice. They're comfortable. The outdoor shower? <sighs> Man, if, if if someday in my future, if I own a house, I'm absolutely building an outdoor shower on yeah. the outside because they're so luxurious. Well, that was a you know, whole other side of the world, but that's one of the reasons I like being in Rwanda is sometimes you yeah. could get the outdoor showers. And like that's the most refreshing feeling if yeah. you could just get it. Especially when you're just like sweating all day every day. Yeah. <laughs> Soaked <laughs> in it. That's why I have like when we went to Rue, I have like only – certain like visions of seeing Paramore because it was yeah, so hot that yeah. day that I remember <laughs> thinking about like oh my god I'm I was just also on a so different good. planet that yeah day. yeah yeah and sometimes you're just in it like sometimes you're just like well this is me also because you weren't as as modern humans nobody's unless you're working in a field where you have to nobody's spending 16 hours outside all day every day no in the heat, in the elements. So, like, there is a... It's it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. No, um, no. Bonner is one of the main reasons I stopped drinking, like, because <laughs> I I was like, I can't... You saw so many people dehydrate themselves and then pass out and then, yep. oh, just wake up with We had a friend and... a couple years ago who um, was drinking so heavily and did not wear sunscreen that he got a heat rash all <sighs> over his hands and his feet and his chest and his back. And I watched this man. He got it on, like, Friday. So you got two more days left of oh. sunshine. And I watched this man continue to drink beer for the rest of the weekend. Oh, I my just, God. I, I can't. That was honestly probably the summer where I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm bringing any drinks ever again. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> like, it's too much in that sun. No, and it and much. it creeps up on you. When you think you can handle oh, it, all of a sudden it's, yeah. The sun. Yeah. I love it. But it's she's a dangerous lady <laughs> all the time. <laughs> But that's why the fountain's so nice, too, oh, yeah. like being able to like just go through that. The mushroom fountain. Mm-hmm. Painted. And that's the thing, too. I love seeing there's art installations, and you can walk through at night, and there's like someone live painting, mm-hmm. or there's like a glass blower doing a glass demonstration. Yeah, all the vendors outside. The- absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. So, yeah, that's my that's my Bonnaroo ad. Bonnaroo, yeah. you should pay me, because um, <laughs> I would literally just, tell every person to go. Yeah, just pay for Britney's ticket every yeah, year. Yeah, every that, year. That's all. Just the ticket. Well, that's we, all they need. are such a cool. Um, they are such a cool company. Uh, JD um, has a friend who he met on Twitter a couple years ago, um, uh, and there was one year where he fell kind of ill right before he went to um, Bonnaroo, so he didn't end up going. Mm-hmm. And JD reached out to Bonnaroo on their Twitter and was like, "Hey, this is a long time, you know, patron of you guys." Um, He's not doing so well right now. I was just wondering if you could give him, like, a shout-out or something. And they ended up giving him tickets to the next festival. Oh, my God. Like, for the next year. And they were like, we know you're not coming this year, but come see us again next year. That's so cool. So when you hear stuff like that, you're just like... And, like, you know, JD doesn't have a lot of followers on Twitter or anything. Right. Like he, he's just a regular-ass person. Yeah. But they reached out and, like, they recognize people who are loyal. Yeah. And His Twitter is one of my favorites. So uh, he's a bit wild. He's he's a wild gun on Twitter. It has, it has two sides oh, to it. Oh, man. It's, so like, it's either, like, the most calm like, good morning, positive. everybody. Yeah, or it's, like, or it's like, yo, fuck this guy or whatever. <laughs> 
he's so du- dual, and it's not his personality at all. <laughs> no, it's know. not. He's so <laughs> You calm. just need that outlet sometimes. Yeah, and he says all the time, I'll see him during the day, and he'll be like, yeah, he was like, I was fighting with some people on Twitter today. <laughs> like, why? Why are you causing all this drama? Uh, but he, you know, he's very outspoken, so. It's the Xbox Live in him. Yeah. <laughs> the competitiveness. He cracks me up yeah, all he's the time something. like that. He's, a, he's something. Uh, isn't it nice, though, knowing that you have like a reliable place to go to every year and it's not going to be like a Firefest oh, situation yeah, where it's yeah. like you're just going to get scammed into like even like I plan on going to um, the New York Rolling Loud at some point because sure. I love hip hop and I love being in that environment. But. You know, city festivals are going to be a whole different oh, world for me, like I, being there. I City fests are scary. Um, I just don't know if I'm cut out for it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's okay. And some people want to do that and some people don't. Um, the, the thing that scared me about the Lollapalooza um, uh, situation recently is it just looks so dangerous. Yeah. Um, I was – and Rolling Loud in Miami, like, I was watching on TikTok um, – People filming, like, people having to be pulled out of the crowd often. Oh, my God. Of course that happens everywhere. Nobody, you know, everyone's doing their own extracurriculars. Sure. And people are drinking, and it's hot, and you're partying all day, every day. But, like, I, um, uh, it's safety's a big concern for me because, yeah, even, like, being in large crowds, you just don't know what anybody's going to do. No. You just don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I I take offense to festivals who don't think that that's their responsibility. Yeah. For the safety of their patrons. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it's okay right. to be like, oh, but we had medical tents and we had security to make sure we pulled people out of the crowd. Well, like. They're not monitoring anything. They shouldn't anything. even be getting to that point in the first place. They're just not. Yeah. So my cousin, um, Tyler, who I'm really close with, uh, when I was working with him a couple of years ago, he went to Rolling Loud for the first time. Okay. And when I go, that's who I'm going to go with because he's had experience with yeah, the festival. Yeah, absolutely. And like, Always good to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he'll know. And the one, the one story that stands out that he told me was how he was watching uh, Lil Uzi Vert's set and some fan ran on stage and punched him in the face. Oh, no. How do you not catch that guy? Some just some dude like <laughs> jumped the barrier, got up on stage, yeah. and punched Lil Uzi for the face. He doesn't deserve. No, what is he doing? No. He's just performing his set. Out of everybody in the like community too, he deserves it the <laughs> least. Like he's like when he came out with that um when he got that big ass crystal on his forehead. Oh my and god! And everybody was just hating on him, and I'm like, let Lil Uzi do what he wants. Yeah, to do. he's doing his thing. He's a weird guy. We he know weird, that, but. Like part of like he just wants to be himself. Yeah, and he, like, and his music speaks for that too because his music's so different than anything. Just got punched in the face. He said that show was a mess because he um, he wanted to go to ASAP Rocky was playing at okay. the same time, and he wanted to go see ASAP and like. All the people with him just wanted to say Uzi, and then someone ended up losing their phone, so they oh, had to yeah. go back and look for like for the phone or whatever so like they were gonna spend half and half and he didn't even get to see asap but the worst part of that story for him was that asap brought out 50 cent oh God. when he was on that so like you're hearing asap set rest. and then you hear the beats of i get money get on and and he was like are you fucking kidding me 
<laughs> That's another thing too. Like you got to have people who got to keep their shit together. Yeah, if you're losing shit. I can't help you, man. I know. Like, come I can't on. Help you. Yeah, I know. Sorry, your phone's gone. Forever. That's that's kind of how. Well, the last time I went to Rue, I thought I lost my phone for a minute, oh. and but I just accepted it. Yeah. I was just like. It's gone. It's like whatever. that's fine. It like, is what it is. like I have all the people I need here. I'll like text my You're mom in the morning exactly. and be like, yeah. and then like JD had found it at the campground because apparently I had like Left put it. it down to keep it safe. Which, like, you know, I'm, I have Bonnaroo brain, so I'm not yeah. going to remember. And like, you're not supposed to. That's the that's the point. Is there's something really beautiful about you get to, like, free yourself. Just be in the moment. Just free yourself of, of responsibilities and free yourself of of uh, just, like, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Which I had I've, – I've struggled to do. I had a year, like, um, my second year uh, um, being a real estate agent where I had, like – I had, like, two houses closing, like, the week we were gone, and you have clients who need stuff from you, and um, I had to, like, same thing, set some boundaries Mm -hmm. for myself, because you just, you're like, okay, I will deal with this when I'm ready. Yeah. Like, I'm on vacation. Yeah, I paid for this. And I know a lot of people who volunteer, um, and I always say that, too, like, no, I'm not trying to volunteer, like, I'm here to be on vacation. I'm here yeah. to enjoy this. I'm not here to work. I'm not here to abide by timelines mm. for anything except who I'm going to go see next. Yes. Um, I had a friend who um, went to this Rolling Loud just recently. She went the first day and didn't go back the other two days. Wow. But she hated it. She was like, it, it was so logistically a mess. You had to walk so far to get from one set to the other. Yeah, that's um, that's really annoying when you have to do that. And so it's just sad to see. I, I hate seeing that. I hate seeing that part of the festival industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the scene Bonnaroo and, like, Electric Forest, I have high, high praise of, too. Um, I just feel like there are more fests out there that want to curate and keep people around. Yeah. Not just, you know give up after one day like that would be terrible yeah Yeah. no i couldn't imagine like just having one day at bonnaroo and not not doing anything yeah but if you're in a place she said she was basically like and she's not someone who i who um gets anxious or gets weird in crowds but she said there was a moment where she you just feel scared wow you just feel like a bit scared yeah that's no well like what i I don't want to pay to be scared no why would you want to pay for that stressor (laughs) in your life oh my goodness and it's already weird being in crowds, so um, especially now. Especially now. Now it's going to be even weirder being in crowds. It's going to be a very long time before I'm like truly bizarre. comfortable, like, yeah. without a mask around yeah. people and, like, doing things like that. But <sighs> it's, ha- it's happening. We had a really awesome experience with um, – they did a drive-in show at the harbor, um, saw Sun Squabby and, like, too many zoos Oh, cool, stuff. cool. Um, and, yes, this was, like – Oh man, this was like maybe like June or something, mm. and there was a moment where I was like, I kind of like looked at JD and I, we were in the mit, we were in the pit, and I looked at him and I was like, should I go get my mask? <laughs> and he was like, no, I, he's like, you're okay, like we're outdoors, we're like okay, you're, we're you're fine, fine. which you. is like again, like I, I I am very privileged that um I did not get COVID. Um, we I've had people very close to me who did. Yeah. Um, un- like my grandfather did pass, but you you are you are just understand that you can only do what you can do. Yeah. And you can just uh, like we said before, like you can only protect yourself. Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. Just take care of yourself, and that's like our biggest responsibility. And it'll you can't come, worry like, about. Well, we're all gonna grow out of this situation. Yeah. Yeah. This and is just our phase. This yeah. Is- <laughs> we already have too, and I've I've been feeling it. I've yeah. felt like certain things that I'm like, oh, I didn't feel this way last year, and now I have a better perspective on this. Yeah. I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it's it's very cool too, like. 
to watch people um, just enhance their life a little bit in, yeah. this, in this craziness um, of just, like, focusing on what they want or focusing on their health or focusing on, like, what job actually is making them happy. Yep. Um, yep. And it's like maybe th- those things wouldn't have been accelerated and wouldn't have happened. Um, and so that's trying to see, like, the big silver lining of it, right? Yeah, exactly. That's all you can That's do. how I feel. But you have to with these oh, situations. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable and that's oh. not going to benefit anybody, I oh. feel like. Oh, we would all be Bo Burnham screaming, like, every day. <laughs> we did. We all did yeah. for a minute. Yeah. It was a period. Mm-hmm. And we're slowly getting out of that. But, like, yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's like like I said before. Every day you wake up, like just try not to die. Yeah, just, just Exa- get my exactly. Little, get my little human meat sack like through <laughs> through my life. And yeah, some people love not working. It was the worst oh, possible God. thing for me. Yeah, it was the I worst that I did. I had nothing to do. Yeah, and it 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 fucked with my head a lot. Like just not like I had days where I'd be like. Okay, I uh, guess I'll play Warzone for a little bit. Get on at 11 a.m. All of a sudden, it's 11.30 at night. And I'm like, I haven't yeah. done a fucking thing all yeah. day. Anything. It's hard because we also came from a place where you f- you don't realize how much structure theater gives you until you're out of it. Yeah. I never, I've never been out of it. I've mm-hmm. been a theater mm-hmm. person for now a decade plus. And um, I didn't realize, yeah, how much structure it gave me. And... Um, it was, yeah, it was a little scary where you're like, I could just like binge eat all day mm-hmm. or not eat today or yep. play, yeah, play Animal Crossing for like yep. 12 hours straight. For 12 straight, hours straight. You know, but again, that also, I've also tried to find the empathy for us sure, in that sure. tube of trying to be like, but that was my coping mechanism and that got me through not being depressed and 100%. not losing focus and, and um, whatever you were doing at that time or if you weren't doing anything, um, that's that was okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing I had to keep telling myself is like a lot of people are in this position right now and yes. it's not just yes. me being no. lazy or no. unproductive. I and have no it, choice but to be in this. And if it was, I think you and I share a lot of our work mentality of like yeah, grind yeah. kind of mentality. I'm slowly trying to realize, like, even if it was just laziness, mm-hmm. that's also okay, too. Yeah. It's hard. It's so hard as, as um, like I was saying before, like, my parents were, my parents still are, are work because they don't have a choice. So when you, when you feel like you're stuck in a situation, um, but we've all been now able to reassess. Yeah. And also understand that, like, no, if my body needs to lay in bed all day and, like, and, like, watch two seasons of survivor <laughs> back to back i'm gonna do that and that is also okay mm. but then it's finding that balance which like of course is easier said than done of like well no tomorrow yeah i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna work out yep and i'm gonna take a walk and i'm gonna do this this and this. yeah or just feed myself that's like that is like something uh, during the pandemic i've i'm like wow it's taken me 28 years to like eat to, right like, and figure like figure out like oh i need to eat three <laughs> times a day <laughs> i'm scarily the same and way and not just like drink coffee all day yep. um so it's but and and if you do do those things that's again that's that's where you are at the moment and that's i think being able to just be in the moment and accept, accept but also assess mm-hmm. and also say 
well, like this is working for me and this isn't working for me. Sure. And I don't feel good when I do this. Um, so maybe I should change it. Mm-hmm. And if I can't change it right now, maybe I can change it just a little bit. Like this hour. Yeah. I'll do something different. Exactly. It's moment to moment. Yeah. Like that's any change you can make is like just consciously thinking about that. Mindfulness. And, yeah. Just keeping no, mindful. It takes, it takes you like back. That. It like takes you back to – that's the thing about acting classes too is like you, you realize all that all that work that was – <laughs> to get you to some character point, yeah, was also to like put you at peace in your body. Yeah, Drew did a lot of that for me. Yeah, when I was when I was in with AFP, between him and Eve, they got me like comfortable in my body to the point where I was like, oh, oh. I can be my <laughs> genuine self yeah. out here now. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what people miss yeah. in acting is like doing that, and you see too much. You see so much like stiffness and people just yeah. like not. It always kind of surprised me. Um, how uh and i get it when you when we're doing early morning shows and we're doing a musical first yeah. thing in the morning <laughs> but it did always surprise me how how few people have like a good regimen of what they do before they perform yeah um which i get that's life right mm-hmm. but like i also know um yeah coming from the education that we came from that was your that was your foundation right yep. and you got to build from there and i've used the best shape I've ever been in my life was when I was in one of Drew's shows. Yeah. And I used that um, that time in my life. I, I did use that time in my life as like, oh, that's when you looked your best. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were the most fit, quote unquote. But I've now transferred that into being like, no, that's when you were listening to your body the most. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you were making choices that were best for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, which didn't always happen in college. Um, I wasn't perfect, but it, it, I look back on that time and I use that knowledge now mm-hmm. as I get into like a workout schedule and stuff and being like, oh, I, I, this is familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to be conscious of those things, yeah. right? Because then you start figuring out like, oh, most of this is internal. Yeah. And like I, if I just regulate these little things a little bit, it'll probably increase my overall happiness and I'll yeah. feel better every you day. You feel better. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's the thing. Like we're, we're so used to knowing when you feel bad. Yeah. Because it's so easy to recognize. Mm-hmm. But it, it, even feeling good, like I said, for like an hour. Mm-hmm. We don't. Re- you don't always recognize that as like progress or as like good for you because you're like, oh, but it only lasted an hour. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's that's part of it of like figuring that out for yourself and mm-hmm. like growing that part of yourself. And I think a lot of people were able to do that the last year, which is just a really beautiful thing. And we're all going to take that into our the next phase and chapter yeah. and and hopefully find some balance. And we're going to be much better for it. Yeah, and for oh, going for through sure. it. Um, before we get out of here. You're always watching good TV shows. What are you watching right now? Oh, oh, that's so funny. Um, right now we're we're we just finished Black Monday, which JD would uh, 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 Don Cheadle. Um, okay, really great show on Showtime. We love Jesus Amaro, also on Showtime. Okay, we watch every week. But Ted Lasso. I've heard amazing things about Ted Lasso. So good. I need to get on so I don't have um, the Apple Network yet, and I oh, need to man. find a way to get on it. 
I can share mine with you oh, because beautiful. it's well, you know, I yeah, I'm a big I'm a big TV watcher, especially over the last year. I've watched lots of content. I don't even want to think about it. Um, but the the thing with TV is, I love it so much. I find such a joy in good told mm-hmm. stories. And I'm not a sports person, so it took me a long time to come around. But I kept seeing people recommend it. Sure. Twitter was like, you know, you'd see a picture every now and then. Yeah, Preston was just telling me about yeah, it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, okay, let's give it a try. And we powered through it. <laughs> powered through it in, like, one sitting. It was so wholesome, but just, like, written really well. It kept you guessing. Um, and then one of our favorite shows that we watched during um, – during the quarantine time was High Maintenance. Yeah, I've also heard a lot of good things really about High amazing. Maintenance. Yeah, just another really well-told story. It's all episodic, So, but there's one character who um, uh, is the main thread through the entire show, mm-hmm. and you don't even know his name at first. He's just called The Guy. And he, is a del- he does a delivery service of That's a particular cool. kind. Um, and so watching his story um, and then seeing the characters that show up in New York City where he lives is just, like, so cool. And I love that kind of storytelling. So High Maintenance is, like, a, a on top of my list. I'll have to check it to out check then. it out. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been looking for new things to watch, too. I've been watching My Hero Academia every oh, week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is really, really good. And People I've been... Really- yeah, and I've been I've chop been, that up. People really, I, you always see the merch too. Yeah, like, okay. If you you love it enough, and it's dope. It, it's um, the concept is it's a world where everybody has a superpower. Okay, so it's like, but the the ones who have like really good ones get into these good hero uh. schools. So like, it's about, but the the main character is this kid who didn't have a power. Okay. And he's inheriting it from somebody else. Like now it, it, through this like series of events, but it's cool. And it's, uh, you know, as a superhero nerd, it's right up my alley Yeah, because who wouldn't want to see that show of everybody. And the villains are really, really like sure creepy and well done. Too, they're they're like, amazing. I love, yeah, I love, I'm anime is a hard cause I'm slowly doing a rewatch of Inuyasha. Which okay. It's one of my childhood favorites. Um, and it's taken forever. Yeah, it's a lot because there are a lot of episodes within a lot that, and of then filler episodes. I, and I was saying to my friend who actually recommended it uh, to me, I always watch it with the subtitles. I can't do it with the English dubs. Sure. So if I'm watching, I have to pay attention to yeah. it because I'm trying to catch on to like Absolutely. what they're saying and be able to follow it. So like I need to have like a lot of time. But when like I'm not doing that, I'm like I have Hell's Kitchen in the background yeah, or something right. of everything like that. It's a it's anime is a commitment. If you ever have another specific anime episode you let me know because yeah. i i also could talk about anime all day and yeah like, i it, another art form that i think just like thank god we live in the 21st century. oh it's gorgeous yeah so uh, any good. any animated element is always right up my alley in fact i've also been watching um dc does this harley quinn show that's I been out saw that. so i started watching that like a week or two ago i absolutely you love, love it? it i love it I I've think it's I think it's perfect for her because it's all about her like trying to break away from being in the Joker's shadow yeah. a lot of the time and like you know it's her and Poison Ivy a lot yeah. of the time Which and Birds of Tra- Prey tried to do like with her story but it was a bad movie yeah yeah it wasn't you know. it wasn't great and I um, love I love that adult or just other types of animation is becoming more people are just like more into it yeah like it's normal to exactly. Watch. And like JB Smoove is like the, the the plant, like Poison Ivy's piranha plant, and okay. just like <laughs> sits in her okay. apartment and has like all these side comments he's saying. Um, 
shoot, I always forget his name, Tony something, the guy who plays uh, Buster in Arrested Development. He voiced, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. He his voice acting work is really, really yes. good. I can't um, think of his name, but he's also on Veep, yeah, which is also a great show. T- Tony something. I'll think of it before I go. Um, don't watch Veep if you don't want to be a bit uh, angry. Oh, because it's just yeah. a different show now. It's just a different show now. <laughs> oh it's just no! A di- but he's watching him is like and um. And just that, like, when you watch a show that's just the perfect cast and they keep the cast throughout the seasons because you know they're just doing A+. plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, Veep's another great show. I Yeah, I need to check that out because I've heard good things about Veep, too. Um, but he voices he voices the one villain on there who who gets canceled because he call like, he's fighting with Wonder Woman or something and he calls her the C word in the middle of, oh, like, no. the thing. So, like, even with, you know, he's a supervillain. Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things that it's, like, oh, it's kind of acceptable if he does it. But they're literally mid-fight and, like, the whole crowd, the TV crews, they all, like, gasp and uh. just stop. And he's, like, uh. And, like, the Legion of Doom ends up kicking him out because they don't agree with his language. Like, it's so, it's just, like, the I... satire. Jim Gordon is always, like, high-strung and, like, not shaven because, like, he's just. Of who he is. Yeah, exactly. I see. So that show came up um, in the Batman discourse that just happened happened just recently, which I won't get into because it's very graphic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just talking with Mac about but this, actually. That, but people were bringing up that show being like, no, like, you can take these chi- you know, these childhood characters yeah. almost. But, like, no, they're it, it's comics. Like, come on. Like, we yeah. do violence and other stuff. Like, that's... that's the, the, it's a part of it. It's always been that. Your audience are adults. Like, you know, p- parents aren't buying their kids that stuff. No, like, they're not. You'll be okay. Um, so I absolutely will be watching that. Um, Tony Hale. Tony Hale is that guy's name. Love He's you, so good. Love you, Tony Hale. <laughs> I've, I've actually been in b- because I've just been like playing my switch or something and yeah. need something like on the side. Yep. I've had Arrested Development on again and I've just been cracking up at all the like stupid ass one liners they have in that show. It's too good. <sighs> There's not enough time in there's, your life to there's watch never enough time. all the things you that are out there. <laughs> But I'm glad you asked. Yeah, exactly. But that's those are good recommendations for me to go with because I will need something to always. watch after my hero's done. Yeah, always Ted Lasso. Um, where can people find you, and what uh, <laughs> can you promote if you want to promote are anything? For me? No, I mean like. <laughs> If people want to see, see or hear more of you, they're going to catch you at Bonnaroo, obviously. Oh, yeah. But. I will be um, hopefully in a bikini all weekend at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hopefully in the future you'll find me stage managing at Toy again. Um, that is my hope and dream that um, in whatever capacity the theater comes back. Um, I work at Terrapin Station these days. Mm-hmm. Those, it's a, a head shop on Hurdle. Um, please come by. We love having people just vibe in there. And yeah. Um, if you need to buy or sell a house, I can help you out too. So yeah, um, yeah, just find me in find me in Allentown somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, just roaming Allentown, <laughs> yeah. like down there. Like I have been. Yeah, shout out to Terrapin Station too. Na- nationally recognized as one of the best head shops in the country. Yeah, uh, uh, one of the oldest Grateful Dead tribute shops um, mm-hmm. that's out there. And we've uh, me and um, one of my best friends of all time, uh, Michael, have worked really hard mm-hmm. to make that place really fun so and and it's a great place right now too so make sure you guys stop in there like even just for like merch and things like that there's there's tons of stuff to look at and mac's gonna be on this show too at some point so he will get more promotion in for that i'm sure (laughs) um at average ordinary pod if you're looking for us at any socials um 
Next week, we will hopefully have the great Anthony Gaines on. He is a professional wrestler and is recognized for a viral moment of where he was thrown over the top rope of a match Uh. with no padding whatsoever and is uh, my training prodigy for professional wrestling. So I'm very excited to have him on. Um, until then, we hope you enjoy your week. Uh, stay positive. Um, keep carrying good mindsets. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the BICBP Radio Network proudly brings to you its podcast tag team champions of the world! The Nightmare Derek Jaws, Rotten Jack Gene Williams, the host of Common Debauchery! And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you.